irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I am your host, Lisa Tahir. I am here in Los Angeles from the studio, and I can't help but keep feeling that today is quite a magical feeling kind of day, and that is certainly in part because of the guest that I will be introducing within the next two minutes. Um, Also, because I have made a very big decision. I am back in LA. I was just here two weeks ago, quite unexpectedly, because everything came into alignment for me to have my second home here in Los Angeles. I have been coming back and forth for the last 19 months, and I found a fantastic place to live that felt like this is the timing to take that step. So I am beyond feeling, I'm not even sure of the words, like pretty ecstatic to, to have my own place here after 19 months of laying a lot of groundwork. So today is my 13th episode of All Things Therapy. And as I thought about why I started this show, I just love knowing people's stories and what makes them tick and where they come from. And that's why I am an intuitive psychotherapist professionally. Personally, I I wanted to kind of step out of that role um, and transition my practice into getting messages out of well-being and healing and growth. And and I thought, you know, I'd, I'd love to start a radio show and I actually invited a guest invited someone to be a guest before I even had a show booked and she said yes so quickly then it was confirmation I need to go ahead and and find a radio station and and begin the show so here we are episode 13 if you would like to find me you can go to nolatherapy.com the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles therapy I am a licensed clinical social worker I practice as an intuitive psychotherapist I am also a Reiki practitioner and certified in EMDR. I do phone, Skype, and in-person sessions. And like I say every week, I think that all of our contributions matter, whatever we are doing to better ourselves and our world around us. This brings me to my guest today, Claire Candy Hawk of angelhealinghouse.com. She's an international radio host, so I know we will not lack in any conversation today about her work. She is a Reiki master and teacher and healer. She conducts healing sessions with her clients in person and remotely. She does workshops about twin flame relationships of which she has one with her husband, Pete. She does workshops to empower women to educate people and help them with near death experiences as she has had two. Also helping us connect to the divine within and she works with the posse of angels which are like her tribe and and her angels that support her and as she came from the angelic realm to be with us in human form and we are going to talk about she's published three books the most recent one is i am an angelic walk-in and it's a beautiful beautiful book i just finished it last night on the plane coming to los angeles so i am going to bring on candy to talk about all these things candy welcome hello 
Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's an honor being on your program, and I love the fact that I'm number 13, because 13 is the number of the divine feminine. Uh, It's the number of the goddess. You are? This is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, today felt really special to me. It's such an honor for you to be on my show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. You're welcome. Where do you want to start about your work and your books? And and today we have about 48 minutes to talk about everything you would like to speak about. Oh, well, I guess I, I, guess I should start with uh, what brought me on this path. And what brought me on this path was uh, actually the former soul who was in the body. Uh, the former soul who was in the body was anorexic. She was suicidal. She was in such pain and suffering that she unconsciously asked, to exit her human incarnation early. Nobody dies too early, nobody dies too late. We all choose when we want to exit the contract, exit the human contract that we wrote. And uh, and she just she just couldn't find her light. She she had completely um, extinguished the light within the light of the divine. And um, and so we on the other side do not want souls on the earth to suffer interminably especially in the last 20 years when it was so important for every soul to hold as much light as possible. And uh, I came to her in a dream state over the course of many years and uh, said, please, do not get rid of the body. Uh, You can actually exit, go up to God with honors, and uh, if you allow me, uh, Angel Ariel, uh, to come in and uh, and to take over responsibility for your life and then clean it up and then to get on with my um, mission, which was my being of service to humanity. And that's pretty much what happened in a very deep meditation on uh, January 11th of 2003. And I speak about this. I speak about this in my autobiography, I Am an Angelic Walk-In. As I said, I have come out of the spiritual closet, put my face on this book, because it's time. It's time for people to understand yeah. yeah, that we are multidimensional beings, and we all come from somewhere else. Yes. So having read your two previous books to I Am and Angelic Walk-In, talking about Ariel, the angel that you are, and the heavenly realm that, that you come from, and just how we all have access to that divine, divine realm and our own existence there, correct? Correct. Each one of us, each one of us has that spark of the divine inside of us. And the more that we can honor and the more that we can respect our divine eternal natures, as I call it, uh, then our lives flow with ease and grace. You know, if we clean up our diets and we honor ourselves, the divine inside of ourselves, by not putting poisons and toxins into our system, if we honor the divine inside of ourselves by thinking positively and optimistically, if we if we um, nurture and nourish the, the inner child to emotionally uh, honor the divine and also to, uh, to spiritually honor ourselves for just being who we are, not our accomplishments, not our achievements. Uh, and then we passionately, we passionately flow through life with ease and grace and life then gives to us because we've served ourselves and then we can serve the rest of the planet. 
You know, you talked, you wrote in your blog uh, in late April about coming into divine alignment, and and I take that to mean of many things, happiness and joy, and and doing that by bringing out and resolving false belief systems. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, um, we. Uh, when I speak about we, uh, we on the earth plane as as spirits in human form, the conscious collective, the ones who are really awakened to all of this, have come to a very crucial part in their ascension. Um, we were very good in the first part of our mission of waking up others to um, uh, to you know bring more love and bring more light to the planet. So we became the healing practitioners. We, practitioners, we became the spiritual teachers. We were so good at teaching others, but many of us were not walking the walk. And at this final crucial step up in ascension during these summer months, um, astrologically and every which way, we are being supported to finally turn the mirror back on ourselves and to take a look at anything that is still causing us any I call it anger, sadness, bitterness, regret, resentment, judgment, anything uh, that is the triggering and reactive to us because it needs to be resolved and brought back into divine alignment. And once this is done, then we will be able to step up into that fifth dimensional um, reality, if you want to call it, living heaven on earth, and then we will see the summer harvest that the posse of angels keep talking about. They keep saying over and over and over again to those people who have really cleared all triggers and all reactions and all negativity from their system, and they're just that silent observer connected to the divine, then they will start to see those tangible physical manifestations of their desires and their dreams manifesting with ease and grace on the planet in order for them to passionately experience their human um, human existence and being of service to the planet. So this is where I think our worlds intersect because I, you know, I, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I've practiced over 17 years and, and I channel elements from a higher realm spiritually for people as well to help them. And, and, personally, you know, I've experienced these triggers that that you're talking about. They can be so um, profoundly just debilitating. And and as much as, you know, I would like to transcend certain triggers that that for me reside within, say, unresolved relationships or with people like a peace feels unresolved. And, you know, I can only change myself. And I I teach my clients that too. We we can only change ourselves. What would you and the Posse of Angels say to help, you know, with some of those triggers to truly clear them up? So like the ego doesn't flare with pain, you know, with hurt, with even anger. (laughs) So I'd love to hear some help with that. Okay, all right. Um, it, please do go back to my four previous Angel Healing House radio shows because the posse of angels have been doggedly hanging on to resolving your karma through compassion, number one, valuing your past, your present, and anything and anything that uh, anything and everyone who has come across your radar screen. And the last one was how to surrender past hurt. The first thing that we have to remember, Lisa, is that anyone who came across our radar screen, we put them in our contract. Mm, And if they mm -hmm. had contrasting characteristics, we wrote them to have those characteristics for us to learn by contrast so that it would really reflect back to us what we needed to learn and get our attention. 
So if we really take responsibility and accountability for everyone being there, then there's no trigger. Right. And then the second thing is we forgive them because we put them there and we put them there with those contrasting characteristics. So that's number one. Number two, the posse of angels have doggedly been saying the only way that we can stop being triggered and stop being reactive is we, if we have compassion for someone and we see the value that they brought to our lives. Now, I can tell you, I, was, I am not without the skeletons in my closet or the former soul, because she was married to an abusive man that right. he knew. You were the first person to read this book, Lisa. Um, and I'm so yes. glad it was you that read it first. Me too, thank you. you know the story yes. of how she was emotionally and mentally abused and kept down. Her whole life. And so, her whole life. And so now, now I had to clean up these triggers because mm. of the walk-in. I have her mental imprint. Right. And so, uh, the way that I did this and I saw the value in her ex was that I saw him as a little boy who was abandoned by his parents. Uh, they went on a, on a business trip for two years, uh, close to two years overseas, and left him when he was a toddler. Um, he felt abandoned. He felt abandoned because his father chose to abuse the family as well. Yes. But when you see somebody that's, that, as a child that's hurting, that's, in, that's insecure, that, that feels like they're worthless, that they're not measuring up, you, you have more compassion for that person as a child. And so that, that completely um, transcended and brought back into divine alignment anything, any of the triggers that I had with, with uh, her abuse of X, which were still in my, in my um, in your memory imprint. And, uh, and that, that helped enormously because you cannot transcend something unless you see the value in it, unless you do it with compassion, and unless you take full accountability and responsibility for that person being there in the first place. So this is where I think the rubber meets the road and and what you're saying, the practical application of spiritual truth that I recall in the book when you sat down and wrote your ex-husband, like thanking him for the life that he afforded you and your children and and yeah. wishing him well. And I thought, wow, to be able to do that with the way he treated you for year upon year upon year, it was like, wow, that's powerful to be able to truly yeah. feel that, connect to that part of yourself and him and extend that. And in doing that, it is what helped resolve and release that pain is what I hear you saying. Is that accurate? That's absolutely correct. And, you know, I remember when I wrote that letter, um, I didn't write it to get a letter back from him, mm-hmm. and I didn't write it to get any any sort of, um, you know, um, get to cause something to happen. I just knew in my heart when the posse of angels, my angelic family said to me, you need to sit down and you need to write a letter to uh, your ex, her, her ex, the former soul's ex, and, uh, and say just how much you appreciated his hard work. Don't get into what he did, what he did to you, right. anything. And then as a result of that, I was able to move on with my life. Clearly, you have. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it, there, was there have been true turning points in my life, and every time I 
dropped uh, down from my logical linear mind mm -hmm. and went straight to my heart straight to my divine eternal inheritance inside of me to see another person as divine my ex is divine underneath his choices yes most of his choices are, are uh, predilated by by hurt by insecurity by revenge by all by judgment all of these things um, but it's but it comes from a hurt basis and each and every one of us can rise above this. Um, and I love the expression, I choose to be happy rather than I choose to be right. Yes, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, yes. So thinking... And I also, yeah, I, Go I ahead. Would say I yeah. also find that I don't, I don't put so much attachment and expectation on how people should act. Because when I take clients through a particular exercise, we acknowledge that person for being there in the first place. We thank them for loving them so much, yes. for coming back and playing a contrasting role. We bless them for wherever they choose to be on their journey, and then we release them to do whatever they want and to live however they want, because that has nothing to do with us. That, that's what I was just about to say. I have been listening to your radio show the last few weeks, and, and you and I also listened to Matt Kahn, and you and him are talking about the same thing, in particular this week, when I was listening to both of you about forgiveness and compassion. And, and like you just said, it's not about my paraphrase. It's not about us. You know what someone does. It is their path and their, their choices in their life and what they need to learn on their spiritual path, and it's really not about us. And I've been saying that to myself a lot, you know, like it's not your fault or this isn't about you, you know, when, when there's a difficult situation in my life with an, with an individual. So I found that to be very helpful. Yeah, we, we also don't give the posse of angels have said over and over and over again, and they've asked me, they say, Candy, why are uh, uh, human beings so hard on themselves? Why do they choose that road rather than giving themselves credit? Mm. Um, and, you know, so we should, we should really treat ourselves as little children. We should be gentle with ourselves. You know, if a, if a child, you know, makes a mistake or, or does something, and then we are, we're more forgiving, we're more nurturing, and we need to be that with ourselves. And when we do look back at our, at our past and we start to see all the skeletons in our closets, we need to understand that the decisions and choices that we made even a year ago, even six months ago, were made with different cells. They were made with different energy. Mm, yeah. And so if we keep beating ourselves up for something we did 20, 25 years ago, we are not the same person energetically because of the shift in humanity that we were at that stage. So we are in perfect alignment right now because the next thing I have written down is, quote, the posse of angels remind us to be gentle with ourselves and not beat ourselves up for the past. And how can you help with that? Oh, let me see. Um, know that, you know, we know that we're divine at our core essence. And we are here for only two reasons. We're here to experience life and we're here to expand and grow, okay? Um, mm -hmm. You know, nothing happens when we're, we're stagnant and when we're fearful. And the second thing is God seated in each one of our souls. Um, we co-created for this to bring forth our gifts, our talents, and our abilities and our skills. And when we're doing this, 
and we lose all track of time. We love what we're doing. I had somebody on my uh, radio program last week who asked when would she retire, and I said, if you're doing what you love, you're never going to retire from it right. because it's, breathe, it's breathing for you. So those are, the, those are the two things to remember is that we are here to experience, to expand, and to grow experience life you know a lot of people get hung up on their purpose there is no one purpose right there's there's only that which makes you wiggle makes you excited makes you passionate enthusiastically passionate and then when you serve that divine inside of you that's been co-created inside of you and you share it with the world then the universe showers on you opportunities and connections to keep that going because that's the universe that, that feeds the world. So how did you, can you tell us how you got started with your radio show in particular and your healing practice and, you know, like how this took form after January of 2003? Well, it, it was um, everything that just sort of so fell into place. First of all, when you have had one of these experiences, when you've had a walking experience, you don't come in with a handbook and you don't know what's happened to you, mm-hmm. but you're dazed and confused and you know that you're living the wrong life, it seems. And so uh, Spirit, the Posse of Angels, were very um, nurturing for me. They treated me like a little Fabergé egg and, oh. uh, and protected me and guided me. Um, and I was led three months after to um, a spiritual counselor and also an international seer, a clairvoyant, who, we've, he's a dragon, I'm an angel, we've yes. done this dance many times before in different lifetimes to help each other. And, um, and they told me in no uncertain terms the characteristics and what had happened to me and confirmed that I had the walk-in experience. Just looking at you, um, and you listeners, you have to read this book. It, it's beautiful. Just looking at you, they knew you had a walk-in experience and put to words what you had felt but been uncertain about and not, you know, not knowing quite what had changed you and what took place. Absolutely. And it was, it, it was three months. And I think, and, and I think, I know that the Posse of Angels held these two people in particular off away from me so that I could experience the characteristics because there are, there's like a 14-point checklist, if you want to call it that, what a lot of walk-ins uh, are endemic to a lot of walk-ins and what they go through. And um, it was important for me to live those characteristics first before I knew even the term walk-in. Yeah. And, then, and, and then so they, they confirmed all of that for me, and I just shed buckets of tears because then I, I knew then I knew it to be true, and then what happened after that was that I was magically led to my master teacher, Diane, who, um, who saw me, and uh, uh, I knew her as a nurse. I didn't know she was a Reiki master, and when she, we bumped into each other in a shopping mall, she said to me, my gosh, you've, gone, you've undergone a massive transformation. You're not the same person, and then she said, my guides are saying to you that Reiki is really important. Yes. And they're saying that I must, I must attune you to mastership and I must not charge you. I remember that. Well, so, how beautiful. And so it was, you know, everything, everything divinely led me. I learned uh, my two disciplines in Reiki. Uh, the first, the traditional Asui, Japanese method, and the Session Sekum, which is more Egyptian. Um, and um, within a short, and then the next day, I, after I got those degrees, the next day, I got a business license, and magically the universe 
started sending me people and connections to foster my uh, uh, my healing practice. So yes. it was um, everything was divinely led because this is what this is what needed to be done. And for our listeners, if you're not familiar with Reiki, it is a Japanese form of energy healing that rebalances and is good for our immune system. It promotes relaxation and peace and physical health. What else would you let our listeners know about Reiki and the value of it, Candy? Oh, it's it's extraordinary. And it, you don't have to be in somebody's office in order to do it because of the distance healing. Yes, I'll just tell you uh, some instances. I had a, a client who was, uh, she's in Santa Barbara, and she's an Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, she's a very, very uh, intelligent, wonderful healing practitioner. But years ago, she was going through her a, a, a horrific divorce. And she started getting migraines. And in the morning, she ran to her chiropractor. She tried to shift it. Um, it got worse. In the afternoon, she went to an acupuncturist. She still tried to shift it. By about 6 or 7 o'clock, she started throwing up. And she had remembered that she met me at a New Year's Eve party six weeks before this. Um, and I gave her my brochure. And uh, she called me up. It was about 7.30 at night. And she said, Candy, I don't know if you remember me. And I did. She's just an absolutely beautiful, very spiritual, lovely lady. And uh, she said, I feel like I'm going to die. Is there anything mm-hmm. you can do for me? And I said, okay, usually I have the intuitive counseling session at the beginning for the first hour. Okay. And then for the next hour, it's Reiki. I said, but you really do need help. Tomorrow, we'll do the intuitive counseling. But for now, go lie on your bed. And I did my invocation, and I called in my psychic surgeons. She was... She was many, many miles away from me, uh, yeah. where she lived. And again, I called in my psychic surgeons. I called in my angelic help, and um, I started sending the energy. And um, I told her beforehand that she would probably fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, she, I, I told her to call me the next day. When she called me, she said, "I, I almost don't have any words for what happened." after you sent that invocation to me. She said, I felt like a halo of tingles Mm. was around my head, like electrical impulses. And then I felt like there were wings upon me that were gently easing me into the bed. And just as soon as I felt myself being eased into the bed, they started lifting me. I felt like I was levitating. I felt like I was floating. Yeah. And she said, 10 minutes later, all the pain was gone. Beautiful. And she said, it hasn't come back. And I said, now we'll do the intuitive counseling so you know how you contributed to getting this in the first place and how you can stop yourself from doing this. So, um, And I bet I've she had, was more uh, clear for I've the had amazing, intuitive amazing session. Amazing results. Um, you know, things from people saying to me, you know, how it's lifted pain off the body. It's brought them back to a place of tranquility and absolute peace and bliss. Most people, when they're in my room, do not want to get off that table. They feel like yeah. they're in heaven. They don't want to get off. <laughs> and I think what you did for her was clear all that so she could be open and receptive to the intuitive messages the next day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a one-two punch. You know, early in my career uh, with Reiki, Lisa, um, I started off by, uh, by just doing straight-out Reiki. Um, it's, and I, that was for about 15 minutes an hour. But then I found out that the, with the 
the chat of messages that I was receiving, I couldn't get anybody out in less than about an hour and a half. Wow. So, so then I decided, you know, why do these people have to come and see me in the first place? And yeah. so I tacked on the intuitive counseling session at the beginning for them to understand how they contributed to, to their unwellness, their physical or emotional unwellness, and, uh, and the practical tools to be able to not do that anymore. That's great. I got it. I got attuned to Reiki, and I'm a Reiki level two practitioner. And uh, I, I'm so excited when I go back to New Orleans from Los Angeles. My clients are like, "What, what are you doing now? Like, what's what's new now?" And um, so I have a Reiki room in my home office, and clients, you know, I feel led with the energy to like give Reiki to this one particular client to her knees. And it felt like a strange message, but I've learned to just trust it, whatever comes, you know. And I put my hands on her knees, and um, then we do like. Uh, partial session afterwards talk about whatever messages I got and and what that was like for them and she said Lisa you don't know this but when I was a girl I was in heavy heavy metal braces around my knees and I've had knee problems and she's in her 50s now and she's like I felt the pain and discomfort just lift you know in this like warm energy coming through your hands when you had your hands on my knees so I know it's just so powerful as as a healing medium and it's um I think that a, a great deal of Reiki's power comes from the fact that a Reiki practitioner does not direct the energy. I mean, and so the, the uh, you, working with the universal or divine life force energy as Reiki is translated to the divine right. life force energy, um, we get out of our egos, we get out of our own way, and therefore it can be divinely driven to the physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual um, problems where the or the imbalance, and so you know where we uh, as uh, as you know uh, logical beings would say, oh, I have to send it there, but there could be an underlying issue, um, and when we just open ourselves to be that complete channel, then that then those miracles um, start to occur. Now you did ask me, which is a very funny story, hmm. how I got started in radio. Yes, uh, I'm dying to know. Sto- do you know that story, Lisa? No, I don't. That's why I'm asking you. I'm, I'm so curious. <laughs> okay, this is very funny. Okay, uh, Pete and I were um, uh, divinely led to come and live in the States in 2008. And Pete is and your husband for our we listeners. Were... What's that? Pete is your husband for our listeners listening in. Yes, Pete is my, Pete twin is my flame. husband, my beloved twin flame. And uh, uh, and in the book, uh, we met on a we met on a Saturday, and five days later, he asked to marry me. But uh, get the book, and you'll find out more about it's a beautiful uh, story. how that was possible. Um, so we uh, we were divinely led to move from Australia to the states in 2008. We moved up to the the Carmel area, and we were there for about six months. But when I was there, I got a reading at uh, at, a, at I think it's the Pilgrim's Way in Carmel. And uh, I sat down, I don't know her name, lovely lady, and she looked at me and she goes, and she said, they're saying that you're going to be doing radio, but not radio. Do you know what that is? And I said, radio, but not radio? Yeah. And she said, yeah, it's going to become very important to you. So that was in 2008, 2009, 10, 11, every, that read for me, every friend, you know, when we do readings together, they're saying, said, you're going to be doing radio, but not radio. I said, let them get back to me when they can really tell me what that's about. Yes. I have no idea what that is. So 
It was January of 2012. It was the day after New Year's Eve, so January 1st, 2012. I get a, um, a random email from LinkedIn that says, have you updated your connections? And I said, oh my gosh, this like a thunderbolt went through me and eight hours later, I was still connecting with people, healing practitioners, mediums, clairvoyants, and the next day, I got a very clear message, now get a reading. You must get um, a, a psychic reading. And mm -hmm. I said, I'm not going to get a pay for a psychic reading. I said, I'm a psychic. I'm a clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah. and, they said, and they said, no, no. Now that you've made those connections, get a psychic reading. So I know when the posse of angels tell me to do something, when they you say jump, I just say how high. So... I went on LinkedIn and I kept looking at faces and faces and faces and suddenly the gentleman appeared and I got shivers and I knew him. I knew from where? I don't know. Another okay. incarnation. And his name was Psychic Jethro. And I said, okay, uh, I'm going to call Psychic Jethro. So I gave him a call. The first, the first ring he picks up and says, hello, Psychic Jethro. I said, Hello, um, and it's caught in my throat. <clears throat> my name is Candy, and I'd like to get a psychic reading. And how much is it? And suddenly there's silence on the other end of the phone, Lisa, and he says, Wow, wow, look at all the angels around you. Wow. I've never, I've never seen anybody with that many angels. And then he said, Hold on, you're one of them. Wow. You're one of them. And then he said, they're saying radio, but not radio. He said, hmm. He said, I have a radio program. This, this was on a Saturday. I have a radio program on every Tuesday. Would you like to come on my radio program with me and do angel readings? Wow. And I went, uh, okay. From the moment I got on there with, with my dear friend, Psychic Jethro, he took a call. Then I took a call, and I was flying. And at the end of the radio program, I went on Blog Talk Radio, and the next day, I signed up. I signed up to have my weekly program, and that was four and a half years ago. That's awesome. You, radio, but it is. It's internet radio. Yes. Which for those who haven't had human experiences in my posse of angels, I guess it is radio, but, but not, not radio. radio. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. broader but reach. They told me, yeah, they told me from the word go not to have any guests as my platform for my radio station is solely to bring forth a channel topic for about uh, 20, 25 minutes every single week uh, where the conscious collective is and what would give them clarity and help through whatever ascent, part of the ascension we're going through, and then I take international calls after that for people who want free mini angel readings. Yes. So can we go back to your book for a few moments, I Am an Angelic Walk-In, because I have a question that I've been just mulling over in my head um, to ask you. Yes. So, yes, okay. of course. So in January, you contracted to leave this earth plane and have Angel Ariel walk in. And so my curiosity is ran and knowing that that the former life you had was one of a lot of trauma and abuse and heaviness and just, you know, your former soul, you know, couldn't quite brighten her light to, to transcend those experiences. And so she she 
had worked with you to have this walk-in experience in January. So the first portion of my question is, can anyone contract to leave this incarnation and have a walk-in experience? No. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, this is something um, um, on a soul level. Yeah. Um, it's, it's done with the higher self. Um, because at any time, knowing, you know, knowing that on the other side is, is instant manifestation, we can look younger, we can be in perfect health, you know, then everybody would be running to have a walk-in experience. And it is through our challenges, it is through our, uh, our suffering that we grow the most. It is through it those is. hardships and adversity yes. and contrast that on the, when, the, when we're on the other side of it, that's where we're most proud of ourselves in any given incarnation. Um, uh, there were a, a great deal of walk-ins that came in after the harmonic convergence of 1987. If you don't know what that is, I won't go into it because that's a big explanation. Sure. But do look that up. That was a turning point in the ascension of our planet. Um, and then, um, so a lot of walk-ins came after that in order to bring up the vibrational frequency on the planet. And then, many people don't know this as well, but a huge influx of walk-ins came in after 9-11 because uh, what we had built up yeah. from the harmonic convergence to 9-11 and Nessera was supposed to come in, the new money system and everything was in place. And the dark knew that if those towers were brought down and then the wars and everything else, then, um, then the world would, would fall back into fear yes. and would start to lose their light. It and would so distract. So a great influx from... of walk-ins came in during that time. So to answer your question, no, not anybody can do this. Okay. Okay. And you didn't know what a walk-in experience, what a walk-in was, correct, in January of 2003 when this happened to you? You learned through... The different people you were led to and healers that then that's, told that's you. correct i had no idea what the term walk-in was um i and and the former soul had not been particularly spiritual or religious i mean she had really lost her life um and uh and you know it was it was uh low extremely low self-worth anorexic she tried to kill herself twice um and uh well, the five important tenets that Angel Healing House are built on, yeah. and I speak about this in One True Home, are responsibility, excuse me, taking responsibility for our life, um, forgiving others, non-judgment, gratitude for our blessings, and unconditional love. And she certainly didn't take responsibility for her life. She, mm. she was all about conditional love, blaming, judging others, and so all of those, all of those things changed. Um, I didn't know why they changed uh, when I came in and the clairvoyancy and the clairsentience and all those clairs started to open up soon right. after the walk-in experience. Well, and your former soul, she started to meditate because the experience happened and a meditation, she had meditated, if I remember correctly, maybe 15 minutes had begun a practice and, and wasn't it such a deep meditation for several hours when you awoke as Ariel, it Is was. That, yeah, it was. Um, and uh, you know, as as you know, because you've read the book, you know, um, the uh, the posse of angels um, they had to get the former soul who didn't really have the light inside of her to meditate, and in order to transmute the dark 
the greatest thing that transmutes that is love. Yeah. And I was sent a beautiful Reiki practitioner, a, a lovely a goddess nymph, you know, elemental uh, fairy by the name of Megan. And uh, I had four Reiki sessions with her, and uh, which, which opened me up to at least have enough shred yes. of honor inside of me to want to meditate and bring more peace to my life. And so when, uh, when I was maybe five, six weeks into meditating, which as I only got about 10 or 15 minutes at the most because of the monkey mind chatter right. um, that would come in and I couldn't still my mind. But it was at that stage on January 11th where I closed my eyes at 5.30 in the afternoon and when I opened them, the long taper candles had burned down, and the room was completely dark. There were no blinds or shades on the on the windows uh, at the window treatments, and the clock was like said like eleven, eleven, eleven. And I didn't know where those last four or five hours had gone, but I can tell you, I was dazed and I was very unsteady when I woke up. Um, and uh, from then on, when I woke up the next morning. It was as if I was living the wrong life. And also, like, your eyes were open. I remember you saw, again, my paraphrase, colors and sound and just people. You know, you wanted to be with them and, you know, your customers noticed in your coffee house, you know, like, wow, you, you just seem different. Like, people kept remarking, like, something's different about you. And so yes. it seems like you just really woke up, you know, when, she came, when you came out of meditation, just really woke up to your, to your true self. Yeah, I uh, I was living in an, a, an a horrible hellhole of a of a house, which I allowed um, my partner to buy with me because I had no light inside and I had no value for myself. And uh, and when I woke up the next morning and when I went outside and I opened the door, I, the only way that I can describe it is when Dorothy opens up uh, up her uh, that door to Oz. And the brightness of the sapphire blue sky and the emerald green of the leaves on the trees, just seeing color for the first time like a film was taken off my eyes, it made me weep at God's handiwork. And I was calm, I was peaceful, and um, I didn't want, I didn't blame anybody anymore. Right. There was no thoughts about getting revenge on my ex or my, or my ex-partner in this, in this coffee shop that was stealing money from me left, right, and center and, and dishonoring me. Um, there was only thoughts of God and how I could be of service to God. That was yeah. it. And I remember saying over and over again, Lisa, and asking, you know, how can I be of service? I will to will, thy will. You lead me, and I will I will action, whatever you tell me to do. Yes. And that's been pretty much it for the last, it has really, uh, since, since January 2003. And then Pete, and then, you know, meeting Pete, my, my beautiful twin flame, yes. husband Pete, you know, we follow the voice of the divine in everything Together. that we do, and our life just flows. You're a beautiful couple. Hello, Pete, if you're listening. <laughs> so I, I have, so I have, the, I have a humorous spirit guide that's with me, and I keep feeling this nudging, like ask her, ask her. So I'm just going to ask you. It's kind of a funny question, but but we're curious. Okay. So your former soul was was born a Libra, and and mm-hmm. Ariel, when she walked in, would would make you a, a Capricorn, I believe, January. So do you mm-hmm. ha, how do you affiliate astrologically with with your sign? 
Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, there are some things, because I have her, oh, Pete just put his head in the room and just waved hi to you. Oh, thank you, <laughs> <So> Pete. <funny. laughs> okay, we, mu- we must have you over soon. I would now love that it. Now Los Angeles. Um, well, uh, let me see. Um, I just got totally taken off. What was the question? The question about um, you were you were born. Your former soul was born a Libra, and and Ariel. Oh, that's right. January is yeah, a Capricorn. Yeah. Yes. So so there are there are certain there are certain things because I have the former soul's mental imprint. You know, a lot of people don't know this about walk-ins. It's like a computer chip. Mm. It's in there, and I remember every single thing that happened. You know, it's um, important to know to her yes. and, and and that she did. Um, but I don't have the emotional imprint that there are some things um, that I resonate with that Libran body, but then there are other things that I'm more the Capricorn. Okay. Um, and so you know, I, it's like you know, I have to uh, watch two or three videos, <laughs> and and then I have you know the rising signs of each. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's great. That's I'm so glad I asked you that. That's such a good answer. So, so it's uh, it, you know you don't you know don't know uh, where you quite fit in, but there are certain aspects of the Libra and the Capricorn that that that's, that speak um, equally, honestly, towards me. So you know, and a little more serious, I'm curious, what are the most important things for you to accomplish here, and and what messages do you want to leave with us? Okay, probably the most important message is that each and every one of us is divine. Each and every one of us is that spark of source, divine, God, whatever that higher self, all that is. And we have that already inside of us. And if there's any area of our lives that are not going as you expected or they're not living up to what you thought, it's because you're off that line of your divine internal inheritance. So that's number one. And, and if we are on that line and we know that we're divine, then there's nothing that we have to do, nothing we have to achieve, nothing we have to accomplish in order to be more divine than we truly are. So that's number one. And then number two is that we each are here and have an integral puzzle piece of the planet, and we bring that forth when we're when we are um, honoring our gifts and our talents and our abilities and when we're doing that enthusiastically and passionately then the universe gets so excited for us to do more of that and sends us the uh, people and opportunities to keep that going so um, a lot of people get uh, tripped up because they say how am I going to make any money doing that right and that takes them way off course, off, yes. off, off of their passion and their creativity. Back on the earth so, plane and just fear-based. Yes. That's back to fear-based motivations. Yes, that's lack and that scarcity. Instead of come to me as a child, I love that expression. We each are children of God and we've been placed here and we're adored and cherished and looked after by our our own gang of angels, if you want, yeah. and our own guides. And if we just tap into that and we honor the divine inside of us, then things will flow and just keep stepping and taking inspired action when those signs speak to your heart and they make you wiggle and get you inspired. Because every time we step forward, 
um, in faith and trust in the universe, on the other side of that is miracles. So, Candy, how can people reach you to schedule sessions to work with you? They can reach me at my beloved, beautiful business, now going into its 14th year, which is Angel Healing House, which is www.angelhealinghouse.com. I just got a new website, so it's, it's great. updated. Yes. It's absolutely beautiful. It is beautiful. And, uh, they, uh, thank you. And that number for Angel Healing House is 831-277-3716. You can listen to me weekly on my international radio show, which is Angel Healing House Radio um, on Blog Talk Radio. And... Um, and, yeah, if you want to send me an email, you can send me an email to Candy, C-A-N-D-Y, at angelhealinghouse.com. Candy, thank you for being with us today. The time went by so quickly. It did. Thank you. It's been an honor and an absolute joy. Thank you so much, Same Lisa. for me. So much love to you and to Pete. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, that concludes our show for today. Please join me next week. I have a guest, Brandy Gilmore, on the show, who I have worked with personally. Many of you know that in November of 2014, I was roofied at a five-star hotel in New Orleans and found uh, with a concussion by police in an abandoned park of New Orleans, had been robbed, uh, and and no memory because rohypnol is a dissociative anesthetic it can kill you because it shuts down your ability to breathe all of the autonomic nervous systems functions breathing heart rate etc it is such a dangerous substance um, that is used to to assault people and brandy gilmore helped me with the shame that i felt and the concussion and just the thinking disorders that were partially physiological partially emotional she works with her clients as an energy healer a life coach she's a motivational speaker and she taught her own self from given a terminal diagnosis that she will live in a wheelchair forever and that was unacceptable she did not want to live and developed a way with really harmonizing at the level of frequency of disease and illness in order to clear up what what is the emotional attachment with this disease or chronic pain or emotional ailment and helped herself walk again. She's completely healthy, a beautiful woman, and helps her clients heal from emotional experiences and chronic pain. So join next week as we speak to her about her work. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.